Football is back, and right now, Bet365 offer in a wide range of markets, including first, last, or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. We've got wall-to-wall Premier League football, with games being played nearly every day. And with Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals, and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch all the games live with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through graphics and text. A bit like watching teletext for the results when I was a kid. Um, Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and the Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Dear listeners, and welcome to Pod on the Tyne, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic, all about Newcastle United. My name's Taylor Payne, and I'm joined by The Athletic's answer to Batman and Robin, the dynamic duo themselves, Chris Woff and George Culkin. How are we doing, lads? Are we all right? I'm very good, except I am now wondering whether I am Batman or Robin. No, you <laughs> Oh, Chris, come on. Do you really need to ask that question? <laughs> come on. Not even you are wondering about that. Come on. <laughs> Oh god, maybe maybe we need two different superhero names for you. I don't know, Sausage Boy and Misery Man or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm, I, I, hang on, I, I, I'm trying to talk while smiling. It's, I, I don't think I've ever done it before. What's all that about? Well, I'm trying to. I'm smiling while talking. It's is that what that is? I thought it sounded like you were having a seizure. No, well, well I think that might be. My face is. My face is in such an unusual position whilst I'm talking. It's um, it's a very strange sensation. This isn't it? I, I know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to stop. Yes. What's brought all this on then, George? It's not well, like you. Well, Newcastle have won a football <laughs> match, and they've actually played some quite good football in a in a in a manner that is pleasing to my eyes. And I have to say, I'm both perturbed and suspicious. It makes me wonder what they want. <laughs> yeah, what's going to happen next? What could possibly go wrong from here? But that was that was actually fun, wasn't it? Wasn't that fun? It was great wasn't to watch. Fun? There was there was points during that game where I was sitting watching it, just sat back with a big smile on my face, going, "Go on, lads, knock it about, take the piss." And it was just lovely. It was great. There, there were at least twenty five moments when I didn't say, "Oh, for fuck's sake." <laughs> No. I now know what it's like to be the opposition watching Newcastle now as well, because that's what it felt like watching Bournemouth. I imagine a lot of the time, if you're an opposition supporter or opposition, you have an interest in the opposition and you watch Newcastle for so long, you'll have feel it feeling that way. You just feel almost embarrassed and, and pitiful for the opposition. That's that's how I felt today as well, as well as overjoyed. It was just, it was hard to watch Bournemouth as well. Oh, I trust you to choose a negative. You really, you are, you really are the mini me. You've become the mini me. What's happened? Oh, He's learned from the best, George. Please don't say that. Please don't it's, say that. It's That's proper. It's proper role. It's proper role reversal. You've gone for the negative straight away. What's that? Just smile? Come on, raise your game. Smile. This is a right. So we we are supposed to be saying that this is effectively a pod of two halves, aren't we? Because yes, that well, was so absolutely. good. Because that was so good, and Sunday was so so terrible. But let's you know, let's break the habit of a lifetime and do some happy stuff first. Come on, Chris. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to be happy. I was trying to show like what it what it must be to to be the opposite. But yeah, no. Today was. Um, I didn't. I did not expect. I did not expect it. I thought that. I didn't know how Newcastle would necessarily react having uh, gone out of the cup and the fact that they reached thirty nine points and Bournemouth obviously are the ones who really had everything to play for tonight. Newcastle, you wondered about motivation levels. You wondered about uncertainty over takeover. Everything to do with that. You just wondered 
what, what sort of performance we're going to get. And then there was a few changes to the team. But from the very first minute, Newcastle were on it. And as bad as Bournemouth were, I thought Newcastle were terrific. And the front four at points, just the way that they moved and the, and the way that the, the sort of they all switched around. And I mean, Sam Maxim was on a different level, but all of them, I thought, just, just worked so well together and just caused endless problems for Bournemouth. I thought it was a very dynamic performance tonight, I have to say. And I agree with you where you're saying the players were moving around. It was fluid, wasn't it? And no, and a good fluid, not the kind of fluid that we normally are, you know, piss. <laughs> it was a good no, fluid. A good fluid, it like was, like what? Yeah. What would that be? Like what? I don't know, like a really maybe. nice old single malt whiskey that's been aged for oh, ages. Okay. Right, you know, okay. or a nice yeah, brandy or something like that. Yeah. No, they were, I mean, they, 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 you know, they pressed. They were aggressive, and um, you know, obviously that first goal came came via a, a Bournemouth mistake that sort of Newcastle sort of helped help force, and that's you know that's what that's what you want. It was it was a, to use an Alan Pardew phrase. It was a it was a front foot, you know, front foot sort of performance from the start, and they passed the ball well. There was an end product. Um, you know, there were lots of really positive things. Sean Longstaff, sadly, before he, you know, had to go off with a hamstring injury, but yeah. put in that playing in that sort of number ten position. I do like him there, you know. I he, like him he, further forward. He's he's had such a disappointing season after after what happened after what happened last season. But that was the that was the glimpse of of the Sean Longstaff we saw in terms mm, of being yeah. actually being able to sort of do things. And there was positive stuff. There was positive stuff all over the pitch. And, you know, yeah, I mean, ASM, who we've talked about a lot, has been, you know, has been one of the sort of, you know, bright sparks of the season anyway. But there have been plenty of times, certainly first half of the season, when, you know, he had all the tricks, but not not necessarily um, sort of doing anything with it. Um, but he is doing that now. And what a player he what a player he looks and yeah we do chris is chris is absolutely right about bournemouth they were they weren't just bad they were off God, i mean they were, they're beyond their sell by date eat by use by date they're in the bin yeah they're, i might i might stop with that analogy now but but <laughs> um but they you know they they were truly truly bad but we've seen terrible. we've seen so many newcastle performances like that for it to be recognizable <laughs> yeah. and and you know it was good i mean actually to 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 sort of I did catch myself on halfway through, thinking, "Yeah, I'm quite enjoying." It. I mean, it, I, I think I said to I said to Chris, "It's like it's been a season of sort of moments. You know, there've been there've been some really good moments, and there's been some very good results. But that was actually an enjoyable performance over ninety minutes, and we have not been able to say that very many times, have we?" Just before we go on, uh, I would love to say you can now sign up for The Athletic and enjoy a 30-day free trial to see what all the fuss is about. Enjoy the best football writing and ad-free podcast right up until the end of the Premier League season. Just finish uh, just finish, just finish your dinner and visit <laughs> theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle pod. That's theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle pod. I'll put my teeth in and I'll say to you, Chris Woff, Sergeant Waffles, Sergeant Sausage, um, I've got a stat for you, mate. Let's see if you know uh, the answer to this little trivia question here. Uh, Alan St. Maxman today with a hat-trick of assists. Who was the last player to do that in the Premier League for Newcastle United? You've probably seen this, haven't you? I have already seen this, so I'm going to disappoint oh, you by knowing off the answer. Then, Chris. I know there's only two. and The last one was Musa Sissoko, and before he was, that Can, was I, can I say, can I say... Oh. Andy no, Cole. Sorry, no, that was... Well, <clears> yes. Who was the Musa Sissoko one against? I don't know the answer to that question. Ah, there you go, got you. It was Norwich, by the way. 
I'm just looking at Twitter, and Steve Bruce is trending on Twitter. And it's a very trendy man, George. That's fine. Well, but can I just point out that this is not the reason why we thought Steve Bruce would be trending on Twitter at this <laughs> yeah. point of the season. That's very true. I saw, Chris, I saw your I saw your tweet uh, after the game about um, is Steve Bruce your cup of tea, and the ensuing kind of <laughs> explosion of replies. Rest in peace, Chris's mentions. Yeah. Yes. yes. What, what what's going on there? What what was your thoughts behind that? Well, it's actually for peace, which should hopefully be up uh, round about when this pod goes out or not long afterwards. And essentially, I mean, it, Steve Bruce, when he was appointed last summer, said, and it's very for his press conference, and he repeated it quite a few times, I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea. And just the fact that he said, basically, judge me over time, just, just let me have time and, and judge me. Well, Newcastle's six games to go are safe from relegation. And just I, was, I just thought it was a good time. To, to sort of have a straw poll of it almost, ask the same question to Steve yeah. Bruce in his post-match press conference, so there's going to be an answer from him and also in this article. And I know, look, I, I know it's not scientific, I know for a start it's it's on social media, which is not representative of everyone. If this had been on Sunday night, then it would have been 99.9% negative, and obviously it was tonight, so you, you have the <laughs> yeah. immediate reaction. And But I just think it, it is sort of an interesting point now. Is, is, is Steve Bruce now, from some fans who really weren't having him, is he being accepted? And it was the the responses are quite interesting. I mean, there's a lot who just say no, he's not my my cup of tea. But there's others who say, look, he's sort of grown on me. I, I don't do. I think he should be the manager if Newcastle are taken over and if we want to look forward. Possibly not. But but did I mm. think that Newcastle would be in this position now? As as George said, would did I think Steve Bruce would be twen- uh, trending? I was going to say twen- uh, trending, trending uh, on the. F- on the 1st of July, obviously nobody expected the 1st of July because nobody expected the season to be now, but did people expect with six games to go and Newcastle to be safe and Bruce to be positive? Well, I mean, in my view, I think given all the circumstances, he's done a pretty, pretty good job. I mean, I think we have to say 42 points at this point. I mean, you know, we're, we're repeating ourselves by saying that a lot of those points have been a struggle and some of them have been incredibly fortunate and some, sometimes we've got to the end of the games thinking... We don't know how, you know, I don't know how how they've got there. And, you know, but having said that, tonight is quite a good sort of counterpoint to that because tonight they, they played very well, admittedly against a terrible team. Against Sheffield United, they played very well. But, you know, against a team who've been really good this season, they're inconsistent because... You know, because Villa Villa was was tough and Man City was was horrific, but certainly you know seven points from nine since the restart does sort of redress some of that stuff. Because I mean, we have been saying all season the football has been terrible, but actually in the last kind of couple of weeks, if we're talking about the league games, seven points and they've you know they've shown that they actually can play football. And um, that's nice to see. And uh, just one li- other little point is that Newcastle have come come sort of strong at the end of the two the two previous seasons since coming back to the Premier League, and it you know it feels like they're doing the same thing again now. I have to say, mind I've watched I've watched a few teams uh, since the restart, and I've thought that we looked like one of the fittest teams out there. Um, I, I wasn't expecting that at all, to be honest. But I thought today, I thought we could be a bit leggy after the Man City game, and we could be struggling a little bit for fitness. I mean, Sean Longstaff started today. He started against Man City, and he chased shadows for for sixty minutes against Man City. Um, and I thought we looked, we looked, a, we could have, we could have really struggled with fitness. But I thought we've looked really, really good. Actually, I thought we looked pretty fresh tonight. Well, I spoke to I spoke to Steve Bruce at the, at the back end of last week, and I mean, he had, he acknowledges 
making a mistake, and the mistake was Villa. The mistake was not changing things for Villa. Not changing. And we said that, yeah. didn't we? We, we yeah. said that last and, week. And, and he, he accepts that. And that did, you know, that then had a knock-on effect to Sunday because it meant he did have to change mm. things for Sunday. Now, I, I completely get what he did. They played very well against Sheffield United, and so the temptation is, let's just, you know, let's just not change a let's not change a winning team but when you're coming back after three months you know away okay fine you're you know everyone hopefully is fit but you're also you know you're also not sort of much fit you're not used to that sort of pace and you you sort of i think the sensible thing to have done at that point was was you know was to keep your best team for 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 man city and just freshen it up and put a bit of fresh legs in it and i think I think there was a price to be paid for that, and I think he got it wrong. Um, but that's sort of one of the sort of encouraging things is that the players who came in against Bournemouth look good, you know, look good and look hungry and yeah. look fresh and look ready and raring to go. And I think, um, you know, the games are coming so so sort of thick and fast now that shuffling it around a bit is 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 the way forward. I mean, just to just to drag it back to the to the game tonight as well. I think. You know, it's a, it's a great performance. It's three points. Um, and again, like I said, we look fresh. I thought there was excellent performances all over the pitch. I thought the back four looked solid. Um, I think um, Fernandez has been has been excellent. Fernandez and Lascelles as a partnership starting to look like they really understand each other uh, and playing in a, in a four instead of a three. Um, I think it's starting to look like we know what we're doing where that's concerned. Um, goals as well. One of our major issues was that we were so profligate in front of goal that we were having chances but never putting the ball away. Uh, and now we've 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 started picking up goals. And tonight, some of the finishing was brilliant, wasn't it, Chris? Oh, it was, it was sublime. I thought we saw a different Miguel Almiron in front of goal. Obviously, he was, oh, he he was, dro- he was dropped. Uh, you could see he was rested, but he was he, in some way he was dropped. He came on, and I thought the pace dropped a little bit when he first came on the stage towards the back end of the first half. But the way he took the goal and the way the counter attack and during the second half, the way him and Sam Maximan picked picked Bournemouth off was it was just it was a really really smart finish, a really clever finish. Uh, Sean Longstaff took his goal well. Dwight Gale how, after the horror miss at the weekend yeah. Yeah. Uh, again showed that when he is actually. A very good finisher for the for the most part, disregarding the the finish at the weekend. But I just thought the way he took that, and the person who captures headlines and and rightly so at the moment is Alan Sam Maximan. I mean, I've done a piece at the weekend about Sam Maximan and basically talking at that stage, and that was only two state games after lockdown about how we'd immediately seen a change in Sam Maximan, the statistics, the way that he plays, the fact that there was end product, and he, the fact that he he was looking up. And we also had that against Man City when he looked up and, get, and laid the chance on for Gale. But the way he played tonight, just every single time he got the ball, you could see Bournemouth were petrified. And, and the way Terrified he set it up for the long staff goal, the way he just beats three men as if they're not even there, it's just that 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 injection of pace. And and then, but it's not just getting past the men. He was doing that early in the season. It's then right. Sean Longstaff's there, and he said in his interview after the game, he said, "I told Sean Longstaff to be there, and I'd pass him the ball." And so he's already communicating before the game. He's thinking about what he's going to do. And Sam Maximan, if he can continue this sort of form, I think Newcastle are going to frighten a lot of teams between now and the end of the season. I thought the uh, the two uh, playing at the base of the midfield tonight were excellent. By the way, John Joe Shelby and Nabil Bentaleb. I thought they were really busy. I thought some of the passing was really slick and smooth and quick, and they were popping that ball around. Um, and I think when we get that that two in front of the defensive four playing well uh, and working together like that, I think it makes all the difference to us. Are you having a go at Isaac Hayden? 
I'm not having a go at Isaac Hayden, George. You know for a fact I'm not. Have I love Isaac my, Hayden. You, did you spill my? Have you spilled my? Did you spill my pint there? <laughs> yeah. What you, yeah, I was looking at what your you pint. Yeah. What, what are you saying? Bless him. Oh, bless him. He missed that chance, didn't he? Today. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can't really bless him. That. I can't defend that. that. That was even no. worse than Gales, I think. Do you think? Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like I don't know. No, I, it wasn't. It wasn't worse than Gales because Gales was important. And also, it came at him quickly. It came at him quickly on his weak foot. He's also not a centre forward. He shouldn't be there. The, the person who was most surprised about all of that was him. It was like, what the f- am I doing here? Why yeah, Chris. Here? Yeah, Chris. So, so knock it off, right? Don't have a go at the lad. You've just you <laughs> you started it. You Chris just joined the pylon on Isaac Hayden. But, but on so the I'm point the one about, defending him here. On the point about the midfielders, uh, John Joe Shelby, I have been critical about a lot and uh, I think that he takes a lot of it to heart when people are critical and I think he feels he gets an unfair press and possibly that is the case sometimes but I just want to rave about him tonight because I thought he Ooh, was rave, rave Chris I'll yeah, get the glow rave. sticks out Chris come on have we got any rave music that we could do a bit of rave go on Chris go on Chris I mean, <laughs> when you have a team I thought I, when you have a team who Give give away the sort of p- the, the space on the pitch that the Bournemouth did, and when you have the ability to release players such as Sam Maximan and and even Joe Linton and also Almiron on the counter attack, I just thought Shelby today really controlled things. I think we've seen a little bit from him in the last couple of weeks. I know some fans have been frustrated that he's been giving the ball away, but he does yeah. just look a lot more involved, and he looks like he's trying to make things happen, and that will sometimes lead to him giving the ball away. But he is. I, I was doubtful as to whether he had any castle future this time last year. I probably would have sold him, but I think that now the way he's playing at the minute, I really do think he do, he warrants his place in the team, and I think he's been very very effective. Yeah, and let's not forget that we did a podcast entitled "Is John Joe Shelvia Liability?" But I think it was basically based on something that I said. Um, Our first proper ever podcast that wasn't it with was it with, uh, Michael Walker? Yeah, I listened yeah. to that this morning actually. Right. <laughs> Was it, did it five o'clock? <laughs> five o'clock oh, wow. this morning. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sad, sad, I had an early morning. Um, no, I was, I was <laughs> sorry. I was, I was kept awake all night last. I'm absolutely knackered tonight, by the way. But I was kept awake all night by my upstairs neighbour, who right. was playing ska music very loudly until four a.m. I do like uh, ska. I do like ska. It's music, just, it's just bad manners, isn't it, George? Oh God! Was that all a setup for that joke? <laughs> no, that was that genuinely was happened. It? But I, Tell I've, the just, truth. I've, I've just stitched the joke on the end. It's true, though. That's it's it's pretty true. good. It's pretty Absolutely good. Yeah. I've seen. It's madness, I saw bad manners. It? Don't do that. Stop that now. Stop that right now. No, I'm sorry. I started this segment with a smile on my sorry. face, but I'm now I'm furious again. <laughs> Absolutely so, raging. I saw, I've, I saw uh, bad manners. You've saw bad manners, yeah. Play, yeah. Good band. Very good. What were we even talking there. about? What were we talking about? We there? were talking about John Joe Shelby. And he has he has been an improved player in the second half of the season, and he has. And I think, you know, there are all sorts of kind of again, we've talked about this loads, sort of fractions that you have to do or maths you have to do with this Newcastle team. Because if you play Shelby, you can't you probably can't play Fabian Chair. And vice versa, because you know they, they sort of try to do the same thing, effectively, albeit one nominally a central defender. But when Shelby Shelby has added discipline to his game, and I do mean sort of positional discipline, it doesn't mean he doesn't give the ball away sometimes. That's partially because of the kind of player he is. It's partially because of the players he's trying to pass the ball to, and he does make mistakes. But I think he's been much more. I think he's been much more switched on. 
Um, and no, I think what Chris says is what Chris says is right. I I certainly wouldn't have been sort of. I mean, I'd I'd have maybe offered him a contract to sort of protect his worth, but not particularly with a view to to sort of keeping him. But he's shown that he's a you know that he can be a an important player. Nobody can pass the ball like he can. I mean, Shah aside, but I mean, you know, that is Shelby's job. Nobody is that talented um, in in the squad. It's about, it's with him, it's always been about maximising it. And it's also been about, you know, it's also been about sort of getting the other side of the game right. And the same applies to Almiron, same applies to ASM. It's fine, you know, dribbling and... You know, getting the ball up the pitch can be can be very important. But if you do that and then give the ball away, you're going to you know you're going to put your team under pressure. And they've they've all learnt this season. It feels, I mean, not just this season. Almiron was good last season as well. But effective, you know, sometimes you have to do something. It's not just about looking nice. It's about doing something with it. And um, they've all they've all kind of done that. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Harry's sponsors, Pod on the Tyne. Uh, as a listener to the podcast, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and travel blade cover. And going to harrys.com, uh, Pod on the Tyne, right now, we'll get you that trial pack. That's harrys.com forward slash Pod on the Tyne. How come I have to read these all the time? Why can't we get George to do one of these sometime. George, you're the one who's used these Harry's razors. My cheeks have never been smoother. <laughs> I can do that. Wonderful. If you want me to do that, I'll just clip clip that. Here we go. <clears throat> Harry's razors. My cheeks have never been smoother. Well, we have had a bit of a laugh and we've had a bit of fun, gents. It's now time to get serious. Uh, and we're going to go back to good old misery uh, and put it on like a nice, a nice reliable old coat. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the Man City game on Sunday. Because I'm let's furious. be honest. I'm furious. <laughs> it was shit, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, it was terrible. That was the, so that was like the first, it's the first time I've been to the St. James's or any game since we've come back. And um, I was, and it's that really weird thing where I knew I was going to be shocked. And yet I was still shocked. So how can I be shocked? But I, I, I was, you know. So you do that thing where you're you're driving into a sort of deserted stadium. You follow arrows. You have your temperature taken. You're wearing a mask. You fill in a medical questionnaire. You sit right at the back of the stadium. There's nobody there, and then it's just silence. And just the whole meaning of the occasion was sort of taken away from me. And I've had kind of correspondence um, with people who who've listened to the pod. Thank you very much for listening. And have sort of taken exception a bit to, to sort of us when we've said, you know, the meaning of football is Newcastle fans, or the meaning of Newcastle is is the fa- is our fans, and you know that is not meant to disenfranchise people who, for whatever reason, can't get to the stadium. You know, I'll repeat my, you know, my brother lives in Oregon, thousands of miles away, and has done since he was little, and he has a Newcastle tattoo and watches all the matches on the phone. He's probably, a, you know, he's a bigger fan than I am but he doesn't ever go at the stadium. I'm not trying to sort of say that, but part of that, that the experience, surely the sort of the huge part of what we stand for is just that noise and the occasion. And sometimes we romanticise that, but it's also about talking about it beforehand and afterwards and going to the pub and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And to have it stripped away on such a big, what should be such a big occasion um, was just sort of heartbreaking. And, yeah. you know, then to have that, 
to watch Man City have 85% of possession in the first half an hour, whatever it was, fine. We've seen versions of that a lot over the last two or three seasons and it's a way that both Rafa and Steve Bruce have found to get results against them. But it's, my God, it was so stark. It was so stark when, you know, again, some some of those occasions, you've got the crowd cheering the tackle, you've got a crowd cheering a clearance, you've got a cr- the crowd cheering when St Maximum or Almanon does get a chance to run with the ball. All of those things where the crowd become involved and that, you know, that in- inserts itself into the players, if you pardon that, if you try and immediately forget that image because that's quite disturbing. Um <laughs> The crowd inserting themselves into the players. I'll just say it again, and I made it worse. Um, um, but once you remove that, it was just like a training game, and it was it was it was awful. I, honestly, I wanted to cry. I was sitting there, and I always thought they were going to lose, and and they did. But just for it to be in that that way was yeah. it was just it was awful. It was like so awful, and I was so sad. And that isn't football. I mean, so but having said that, I've I've kind of happily sat through tonight and that did feel like football and is that just because Newcastle won well maybe maybe that yeah I mean maybe that helps you know maybe that helps and maybe it feels less painful to me when it's away from home but um it should have been the biggest occasion of the season more or less set team more or less safe and you know it should have been a you know a boozy a boozy crowd a different crowd um and you know, just thinking about what might have been and, and for it to be as it was, was it was really horrific. It reduced what what should have been one of the most memorable afternoons of the of the season to to a nothing. You you said it was like a training game. To me it was less than that. I didn't even it, it didn't even feel like a training game. That first sixty minutes or so of that game, to me, I've I was actually it's one of the few times when I've been properly disgusted watching Newcastle. <laughs> I was sitting there just going what the what is this? What is this meant to be? Like you know, I can when we've played against City in the past and we've we've adopted that approach where we've sat really deep and tried to hit them on the break. You kind of always felt like there was a there was a strategy there, like like there was a game plan, there was a tactic, but that was just so passive, and so um, you know, it, it we just we just said, come on then, just just play through us, just do just do what you want, just do whatever you want to us, and we allowed them to just to just pass pretty pictures around us and there was a t- there was times when the the football by man city i was di- i was just i was just so angry with it and I, and it's not their fault they've got to play football but i just thought they're playing really smug football today and we just can't get anywhere near them and it was just horrible it wasn't a game of football and it wasn't even a training match it was just a it was just a piss take basically we didn't even attempt to get amongst them in that first half um i don't know how you felt chris watching it as well but i was just i was just beside myself with anger i wasn't i mean there's been a lot said about the fact that he played five at the back and that for me isn't the issue the issue was as you how say you, either, either you they were passive it? Yeah, exactly. A, they were passive, so they just let Kevin De Bruyne have the ball, which was incredible. I mean, there was no pressure on Kevin De Bruyne whatsoever. And so you, the, the probably the best football in the Premier League at the moment oh, yeah. was just, just running the game it. and just allowed to run it. But then also, it was the fact that I thought that they should have allowed either Sam Maxman, Almiron, or even both, but certainly one, to beat up there with Carroll, because he, the, the difference between having Carroll and Rondon up front is that Rondon can move 
Andy Carroll can't, unless you hit Andy Carroll immediately on his head, he, he's not going to get there. And so he can't hold it up for as long as for someone like Sam Maxman to get up the pitch. And so I, I thought that he needed someone around him and he needed someone else buzzing and just to, to try and drag one of the two of their players back. But instead, it was Sam Maxman getting the ball so deep that again, he was trying to run it out from the edge of his box as he had to do early in the season. So that was the issue for me. It wasn't so much a formation, it was the approach. But Sam Maxman's just totally just totally ineffective when he plays like that. He just can't you can't get the good points of his game out at all. If he's picking the ball up on the edge of his own box and trying to run us to safety, it just doesn't work. It's just completely pointless. And of course Andy Carroll's up there on his own and he can he can plough that for a wall day and knock the ball down, bring it down, and then he's gotta have it to people around him. But he's up against two world class centre halves as well. And you've got to remember, they're great footballers. They've they've got all the tricks in the book. You know, they're internationals. They're going to know exactly what his game is, and they'll have all the tricks in the book to make sure he doesn't get a comfortable uh, a comfortable ride. So, it 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 had to be thought about differently to the way it was. It just didn't work. That first half, the, the tactic was completely wrong. And Steve Bruce said at half t- at half time, he spoke to them and said, "Well, I wanted you to to be deep, but I didn't want you to be that deep." And there was times in that first half when we were lining up outside St James's Metro Station, we were that deep. It was absolutely ridiculous. The other, I mean, the the other word he used was passive, and they, and they were. You can't play like that and be passive. You know, if you're going to play like that, you can't give the ball away. You can't give the ball away as cheaply as that because then it just comes straight back at you again. And they're too good. You know, they they are they're so good that any you know that any mistake like that means that the ball just comes back at you and it comes at you again and you can't you you just cannot you know you 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 can't defend that way against them against them so i mean but you know again to sort of revert back to to that to that first point being passive in an empty stadium is is sort of i'm not saying it's forgivable but it's it's sort of more understandable i mean you know that to to play like that to, in those games against city where Newcastle have got something out of it that isn't a defeat, you have to, you know, you have to concentrate for ninety minutes. Everybody has to be at a hundred percent or as near as damn it, and you know you you can't make mistakes. And you need the crowd. You need the crowd with you. You need the crowd with you, and you need the crowd to push you. And it might not be the kind of football that the crowd wants to watch, but you can buy into it because you understand. You know, you sort of understand what's at stake. And I do sort of have sympathy in the sense that, you know, I think playing like that, playing that sort of formation and sort of soaking it up when there's no inspiration from anywhere, you know, because you're not getting the inspiration from what you're doing. You're not getting the inspiration from playing expansive football. You're not getting inspiration for actually touching the ball. I mean, my God, 85% possession, you know, so you're not touching the ball. So all you're doing is running, you know, you're running and not doing... And so... You do have to kind of find some inspiration from somewhere, and the crowd can do that. I suppose if we're going to put a kind of positive on it, albeit that um, it ended pretty badly and there were some pretty pretty bad moments along the way, it was quite nice to go that far in the cup, and it was quite nice to have some games. And you know, uh, you and I, you and I went to West Brom, and that was brilliant. What a what mm. a night that was, and. Uh, you know what a great experience that was, and how hilarious. Live long in the memory, that definitely for not all for the right reasons. Um, no, <laughs> for phallic, pretty phallic, uh, phallic flashbacks from that. Um, half a bo- half a boiled ass as well on the coach coming home. So. 
Yeah. But but oh god, what was the song that was played over and over and over again? I never want to hear that again. What was it? It was Joel Linton's on fire. Oh, Joel Linton's your defence is your defence is not oh, really god. bothered. Oh god, that's 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 brought back terrible memories. I mean, a cup run. We're having a talk. We're having a chat about a cup run, and so to bring that round to a sort of slight positive, that's quite nice. <laughs> it is, yes. That is a slight positive. Well done. L- let's get it back to a, a slight positive before we start talking about the takeover a little bit, before we wrap things up. So, oh, George, your, your favourite subject in the world. Um, there's been a little bit of uh, to and fro this week. Uh, Richard Masters was in the news a little bit after refusing to comment again on the takeover, which is what he does, as is his want. Uh, and also um, uh, the NUST had a, a letter acknowledged by Richard Masters, who also then refused to comment um what's going on at the minute where are we how what where does the land lie so i think we last time we talked about it there'd been sort of briefings by uh being sport that they they their intelligence was that a decision was sort of very close um and the buyer side was, was saying sort of uh, similar things there were then various saudi statements which by all accounts haven't sort of helped matters i don't particularly want to go into all the sort of nitty-gritty of piracy and stuff like that i mean for the main reason that i don't you know that's not my area of expertise um but but um you know it just seems to be this sort of never-ending never-ending um saga it's it's encouraging that masters said yesterday that he hoped uh, you know, he, he. I think he used the word quite soon or soon in in terms of shortly. I think he said shortly, 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 didn't he? Shortly in terms of a resolution, which is the new but, imminent. Which yeah, is the new imminent. Yeah, but what does that mean exactly? And in yeah. relative terms, what does shortly what does shortly mean? I mean, there are um, certainly sort of again, maybe a, I can't remember, maybe a week ago, sort of two weeks. The sort of que- the question seemed to have sort of stopped, and it was wait- just waiting for an answer. But there was certainly. There's been more more activity in terms of Premier League asking for certain things or asking questions, and they're being you know they're being dealt with. And maybe one thing we should actually do now that I think about this is get Matt Slater on, who's our sort of sports news correspondent, and you know he could he could mm. actually talk us through some of this stuff because you know to, for us it just seems incredible that it's still going on. But one 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 thing that kind of Matt has said is that as well as um, you know that this this seems be, be, because the public investment fund fund are you know that's that's the investment fund of the Saudi government that this seems to be a a sort of chance not only for the you know not only for a takeover to happen um, and for sort of more money to come into the Premier League which the Premier League would would sort of obviously want but this is an opportunity to get that piracy issue issue bollocks resolved and um <laughs> so close oh, nearly got through to, to to sort of get it resolved and you know i know that i know that people's response to that will be to say oh but they've said they're going to do this and it's now you know it's now possible to get uh being again at, you know in but to, to sort of put that a different way the premier league have been fighting for years to to get this sorted and effectively you know, I'm not accusing Saudi of stealing, but it, it is stealing the Premier League's product. And so for the idea then that Saudi become involved in this country, in football in this country, that, you know, that is kind of ridiculous and it does need to be sorted out. And it needs to be yeah. sorted out, not just with a statement saying, OK, yeah, that's all fine. I think it needs to be sorted out in a kind of meaningful way. I think that's a huge part of what's happening at the moment. 
and um you know my my opinion hasn't sort of hasn't hasn't wavered i mean i've i've tried to you know i've ref certainly reflected the kind of confidence in the in the buyers in the stuff that i've talked about but my, you know my kind of confidence has always been that eventually money will win and i'm not saying that's necessarily a good that's not something that i think is a good thing in this world but um but that is football and that is definitely the premier league yeah. and so you know you know i th i think this is a kind of an opportunity for the premier league to a get more money to sort out piracy and potentially to have a bidder for future tv rights deals and you're talking about a very very rich wealthy country but that is hellishly complicated all of that i don't know about you chris but i am losing my fucking mind about this at the minute it's doing me heading and i just want it over with oh very much so yeah i think we're all in that position <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't agree more the, the, I, the one thing i'd say about richard masters is i know he can't speak and about actually the specifics of it he's quite quite keen to repeat that over and over again i understand that and i do understand what i found a bit condescending about what he said yesterday was it was almost there was no sort of empathy towards newcastle fans i didn't feel i didn't feel that he sort of recognized and said look wish we realise it's very stressful for them all. We realise they're going through uh, this period and they and they want answers and what the club's going through. And I just thought it was very, it was very dismissive in many ways. And I know all of the issues that he has in terms of he can't say things and all of the legalities behind it. But I just thought it, that, that, again, the fans are the ones who are affected by this and the fans are, again, the ones who are just completely forgotten about. And that's what I found frustrating about Richard Mass. Because you've even had Steve Bruce come out this week and he's changed his tone and said, this needs to be sorted and needs to be sorted quickly. I mean, I, I honestly thought we'd be chatting after a defeat tonight. And, you know, um, so it's, you know, this idea that the takeover is affecting everything doesn't necessarily sort of hold water after a performance like that. But it is, I mean, you know, we've talked about it before. It is it is having an effect off the pitch, certainly. And I, I totally agree with Chris. And that is, you know, football is so far up its own arsehole. It's it's ridiculous. And particularly the Premier League. And fine, yeah. it is a, you know, it is a, it is about business and it is about money and it is about big corporations and it's about billionaires and all that bollocks. But, you know, what, why can't somebody just say, we know that this is your football club and we know you're really concerned and this is what's happening and it doesn't have to be about giving away details but or you know we know that you're worried and and you know that this is something that you care a lot about and it is it's this language this and you know ashley is ashley's newcastle has used this language all the way through but football clubs do it everywhere you know and it's it's disgusting it's like you know this is a community asset it's important to us it's going to be important to us long after you've gone and just use some human language to say what's happening or just to say so that you easy, understand you understand that we care you understand that we're angry you understand that we're bothered but they can't be bothered you know they they honestly i'll say that again they're so far up their own arse it's unbelievable and it's a game of football and it's about our clubs and cities and towns and just acknowledge that acknowledge that it's a human thing Run, run, finish. There you go. That was quite. That was quite a good angry ending, wasn't it? I started off happy and I'm ending. Well, this has 
this has absolutely been a podcast of two halves, hasn't it? We've, we started off all chipper and sprightly and talking about a, a 4-1 win against Bournemouth. Uh, and, and we've ended up with a spitting rant uh, full of uh, profanity and disgust about the Premier League anyway. and a, and a terrible performance way. against Man City. Wouldn't have it any other way. It's what, the, it's what the listeners have become accustomed to, haven't they? Anyway, gents, we'll wrap it up. Thank you very much for, for, for your time, Chris. I know you're a busy boy. You're going to go off and do some more right now, aren't you? Sorry, that sounded really patronising. Have got geography, <laughs> geography homework to do, is it, Chris? Do you, Ryan? Go off and go do, do your Ryan. little, go and do your little right project, you. Chris. Do your little story. That's it. Lovely. Oh, bless him. Yeah, sorry, Chris. Go on. You've got, you've got, some, uh, you've got some important stuff to do, haven't you? I have. So, good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've offended really him again. Him off, haven't I? We've offended him again. Yeah. Oh dear, it's two weeks in a row. Oh, George, bless you, mate. Um, I hope you're uh, all right. Stick, stick with it. We're nearly there. Yeah, yeah. We're nearly there. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, get through. I'm, I'm sort of happy. I'm happy, angry now. I'm happy, angry. I'm not sure where to happy. where to put all that emotion. I'm sure we can find a place for it. Uh, as we said earlier on, uh, sign up now to The Athletic. Enjoy a 30-day free trial to see what all the fuss is about and enjoy all the best football writing and ad-free podcasts up until the end of the Premier League season uh, at theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle pod. Well, ladies and gents, thank you very much for listening. We're going to end it there on a week when Newcastle went out of the FA Cup and took three points away to Bournemouth. And also Andy Carroll went from looking like a frontman rock god to the who works on the waltzers on the town moor with one swish of his Harry's razor. Thank you very much for listening. It's been Pod on the Tyne. We'll speak to you soon.